All episodes of the Garage Build podcast are recorded live in the Law Fran Studios. The law offices of Fran Hosh, Palm Harbor, Florida. Call 1-866-LAW-FRAN or go to lawfran.com. The law offices of Fran Hosh, serving the Tampa Bay biker community for over 20 years. Welcome back to the Garage Built Podcast, episode 58, with my detailer here at Cycle Stop USA and good friend Brett Rector. Take a minute to thank our sponsors, the Arlen Ness Motorcycle Company. Use code GARAGEBUILT10 and you're going to save 10% on orders over $100. 1620 Workwear USA, the best damn workwear on the planet, made here in the good old USA. Save 20%. When you use code SPEEDMETAL at 1620USA.com. Bell Helmets. Follow Bell Helmets on Instagram at bell underscore power sports. And go to bellhelmets.com and sign up for all the new releases and promotional information delivered right to your inbox. There's also a dealer locator there on the website. Type in your zip code and you can find out where you can buy a brand new Bell Carbon Eliminator close to your house. Electric Lighting Company. Visit them in person at JP Cycles during Bike Week. Or go to namscustomcycleproducts.com and use the code SPEED2020 and you'll get free shipping on any order over $100. The High Seas Rally. What is it? One cruise ship, four ports, seven days, 3,000 bikers, Fog Hat, Molly Hatchet, Trace Adkins, the Black Smoke Sinners featuring Xavier Muriel, former drummer of Buck Cherry. You're also going to have a chance to win a custom chopper built by Xavier Muriel at his shop in Cedar Park, Texas, Providence Cycle Works. Go to HighSeasRally.com or follow on Instagram at HighSeasRally. Get more information. It's October 22nd through the 29th, 2021. I give you episode 58 with my good friend, Brett Rector. to the Garage Build Podcast with your host, Jason Holman. I'm filming sideways so that you, when you turn your phone sideways, you can see the whole studio. And by studio, I mean my office. So you have to do what you want to do is you want to keep, you want to keep uh, this is like kind of about, about this, about a fist away. Like that? Yeah, like that. Pull it a little closer. <laughs> like that? Like right up my nose. Like right up your nose. Yes. Cool, man. I'm fucking... Oh, you know what I didn't do? <laughs> I didn't get a... I didn't get a milk loaf. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. Beers. There we go. So, like... Eight years of doing this, and I've never done this. You and I have never sat down no, and do this. No, we've never sat and talked. 
It's because you come in every single day, and all we do is talk shit the whole time you're here. True. True. <laughs> Tell everybody who you are. Well, my name is Brett Rector. Um, I've known Jason for, what, 10 years now? 11 coming up. It's 11. Yeah, we Ooh. started. You were like, uh, you were like the first dude uh, that I had actually made friends with when we moved down here. You and I were, you and I, you were one of the first dudes to come in the shop, actually. Yeah, I came in the shop, and I was like, what's going on? And then found out he was from Michigan, and and, and I was like. You uh, being an Indiana boy. I said, well, I'm from Indiana, moved down here. And he's like, really? Yeah, yeah. So we get to talking and shooting the breeze, and next thing you but know. But wait a minute. You actually, no, that's not, well, we met at the shop. That's the, how the first conversation yeah. went. But you know what, you know what we met? You, you won that burnout contest at the Cowboy at Smoke the Cowboys ste- Steakhouse. Yep, Smokehouse. Was that what it was? I thought it was Cowboys Steakhouse. It doesn't was, matter. Their food was garbage. Yeah, but it was the uh, Great American Smokeout. <laughs> yeah, okay. That was the name of the, the event. event. It was sponsored by Fran Hosch Law Group, right? Yep. And then, and, uh, so she was there, and Santiago Choppers was there. And I was the, at that time, that was 2010. I was the new the new kid on the block down here. Yeah. I had just moved down here. And they, and they asked, I was in the bike show. And my bike all cleaned up and everything. I have pictures of you doing that burnout somewhere. And that was before I knew you. I have the video. Do you? Yeah. You should put it it. on your Instagram. I'll have to find it. Yeah. So what ended up happening was, is Randy got up on stage and he was like, come on, somebody do, so, you know, who wants to go do a burnout? And nobody do it and everything. And I just, as a punk, just raised my hand real fast like that. And he goes, let's go. Yeah. But I was giving away a tire. Yeah. I was thinking if I came down here, I didn't know when I moved down here, I didn't, I didn't know anybody down here, dude. We had family down here, but no, I didn't know him with a motorcycle. We ended up in Plant City because they had that bike night. Yeah. And I thought, well, that's as good a place any to start, right? Yeah. So we went there and, and opened the shop there. And then I was like the fucking Maytag man. <laughs> and then, so that was in, that was in the summer. Yeah. It was so hot. It was, I remember <laughs> my dad was there. And do you remember, remember where we set up? We set up like the burnout box was like, the, the driveway came in, yep. and then the burnout box was all the way at the end of the driveway, right. and then all of the vendors were over here. Right. Well, I wanted to be by the burnout box because we had sponsored the burnout competition. And so we had our Cycle Stop USA tent, mm-hmm. right? And uh, I remember it was so hot, and my dad was just sitting there sweating. His diabetic ass was just, he was just sitting there sweating. He never fucking complained. Never. I never heard my dad complain about going to an event or anything. And I remember looking over at my dad, and a bunch of gnats had landed on his eye. He was oh, just sitting God. with his eyes closed, and a bunch of gnats had landed. And I was like, what in the actual fuck? I'm like, Dad, you got to get up and go. <laughs> you got to go splash water on your face or something. Like, I can't. He's like, what? And I'm like, you can't feel that? He's like, feel what? And I'm like, oh, dude. That would drive me crazy. That's the one thing moving down here that took the most to get used to, and still to this fucking day. Bugs? Not bugs. Sweating. Well, sweating <laughs> your balls off. And it's not bugs. It's that there's so many fucking insects. It's oh, how yeah. many insects oh, are yeah. down here. I mean, it. it's not for, it's not in the fucking let's move to Florida brochure. No. That's for sure, dude. There are so many things that aren't in the make the move to Florida brochure, right? Here's, what are some things that are not in, so... I, people bag on Florida a lot. I love it. I really, 
I, I've never felt more at home anywhere in the planet. Like when I think about being a little kid, I do miss Houston, right? Like I, but I think I miss Houston because I romanticize what life was like. You get what I'm saying on that? Mm -hmm. Like I think like, oh, it was, it was this way or that way or whatever. In Michigan, I romanticize about being from Michigan just because I'm from Michigan. Lots of good things happen there. I'm happy with, you know what I mean? Like the whole the whole thing, just run the gamut of it. Like I'm proud to be from Detroit. Right. Always will be. But I've never felt like home like I feel here. Yeah, I'm the same way. Me, it's like me and my wife when we, um, before we got married, she said, uh, we're going on vacation to Florida. Do you want to go with us? And I said, yeah. So then it was about, I don't know, a couple of months before we decided to move, decided to come down here for vacation. She said, let's get married while we're on vacation. I'm like, what? Are you crazy? Have you lost your mind? <laughs> I said, I don't want to fucking marry. We're no, not doing this. I'm not doing it again. We made this deal. You know, you've been married. I've been married. I'm not doing this again. Oh, you guys had an arrangement. Yeah. You well, had an arranged non-marriage. Well, I thought we did. It's very different than the arranged <laughs> marriage like in India. Like, this is my daughter yeah. and you are going to marry my daughter right. and uh, get a dowry. <laughs> so she calls the girls. What are talking you to your daughters, right? Her, her daughters. Well, yeah. My daughters. You, I know who you're talking about, though. I'm just, Brittany when you said the girls, I wouldn't mean like her friends, like, you know. She called Brittany and Ashley, and she said, what do you think about me and Brett getting married? Oh, they scream and yelling. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, of course, then it was on. So, the funniest thing about it is when we come down here to get married, we go to the courthouse, and the lady says, I've never been told this, never. She said, you know you guys are really married now. You're just going to go through and have somebody sign and you know, then that'll be your actual day. You mean because of common law? Uh, no, no. Just because when you go sign up for a marriage certificate in Florida, pretty much you're married that day. Really? And I was like, what? So anyway, we went on the, we went on the fifth, we got married on the seventh and right. we calling around trying to find somebody to, you know, to marry us and everything. We find this guy, lo and behold, he's from Indiana. No shit. Well, if there's one thing I've learned since I moved down here, so there's a lot of motherfuckers down here from the Midwest. It's yeah. like I-75 goes straight from, from actually from the top of Michigan, like Lake Superior, all that shit, straight like down uh, here. Uh, uh, up in the Upper Peninsula, right down through Mackinac, through Detroit, through Flint, the whole deal just right, right down, down and fucking ends in the Keys, you know? So we got married. Or Miami. On, we got married on the beach in shorts. She had a sundress on. Those are easy uh, to get off. I like sundresses on women. I might be wrong. She might have had khakis on, but... Khakis? And we didn't have shoes on. Right. He took his shoes off, rolled his pants up. Right. And the water's running over our legs, and we got married on the beach, in Ormond Beach. There's something to that, right? It was cool. It was really cool. So when you guys came down on vacation, you went down to the East Coast? Went to Ormond Beach. Daytona. You say Ormond to like a fucking somebody from Indiana. <laughs> it's Ormond Beach, dude. Ormond, whatever. <laughs> you live in fucking Florida now. Whatever. <laughs> so, Ormond Beach. And then uh, then right after we got married, we went to the Starlifter Cafe. Sounds looks swanky. Like a, looks like an airlifter. Airlift. Um, Where's that at? It's oh, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. I you know, know where it's at. at. Right Is that the on? one they turned into a Denny's? I don't, I don't know if it's a Denny's or not. Is it across from Ocean Walk, the yes. hotel? Yeah, yes. they turned that into a fucking Denny's. It's a Denny's now? I'm, I'm 99% sure it's a Denny's now. We go in there, and the kids tell, tell them we just got married. So they bring us this huge bowl of ice cream because they didn't really have cake, so they had ice cream and fudge and all this stuff and everything. And then it was, it was really cool because then within, I'd say, an hour, hour and a half of getting married, 
we were laying on the beach. Isn't it something special about Florida that you just, um, and, and I know a lot of people shit on Florida and, and I, you know, Florida is so different from like when you're coming from Texas and you cross over in like Alabama, Florida yeah. line, the Florida Bama line, that's a, that's a fucking very different place than here. Yes. Right. Yes. And then you go to the East coast, very different than here. Yes. Jacksonville is very different from the rest of the East coast in Miami, Fort Lauderdale, Deerfield beach. All that shit is so different. And then you go down to the keys and come back around. It's, there are so many different worlds here. It really very is, funny? is, is very odd. I've been here 14 years. Right. I ain't been to the keys yet. Did you got to go? <laughs> I ain't been to the keys. You got to go. That was one of my, uh, there's pictures on my, I'm pretty sure the pictures are on my Instagram. So when we had the wheels of steel, you know how, you know, how wrecked I was yeah. Sunday. Yeah. And there's the photo isn't circulating around of me, uh, barfing my guts up on the way home, but I, I've got it. I've got it in my phone. I should put it out there. But in the keys, we went to the keys and, uh, it's some kind of fucking hot down there, bro. We went in September in fact, it was the weekend that, that Kevin died. Yeah. So, because I didn't have, when I got on the ferry, I'll, I'll tell this story and then I'll back up. When we got on the ferry to come home, we took the catamaran ferry, the high-speed ferry from Key West to Fort Myers. Mm -hmm. It takes like an hour and a half, two hours. You don't have any, you don't have any cell phone service, right? And so, uh, Cam just posted in. I'll start circulating the photo now. <laughs> Fucker. Cam, um, Cam. But, uh. I didn't have any cell phone service. And when we got back to civilization, my phone went bananas. I think you were texting me. Everyone, <clears throat> everyone was calling and texting me because, you know, Talking. me, me being, you know, he and I weren't like uh, besties or anything, but I built his bike and everything motorcycle related. He and I, you know, had a lot to do with each other, but we were down there and we, we, we get down there. And when you get down there, dude, it's anything goes. I mean, it's, fucking it's a free-for-all and and i tell everybody that's the place to go if you really want to see like crazy florida go down to the keys and take your wife down there take a couple pair of shorts a couple white t-shirts some flip-flops and plenty of beer money and that's all you fucking need honestly that's all you need and so we went down there and oh, the first day we were there dude we rented bicycles and rode around the island and went to the southernmost point and got our picture taken went to the hemingway house and then my wife and her girlfriend went off and did their deal. And Jose and I went off and did our deal. And I was drinking vodka cranberries. Well, dude, they were loading them up, like all vodka and then an eyedropper of cranberry <laughs> to where it turned to pink. And, dude, I wasn't thinking about it. I was just drinking all day and didn't really eat anything but a bowl of soup. Well. In the heat. Yeah, and then we get back to the back to the condo we were staying at. We are staying in this Mac Daddy condo. And they had free drinks at the at the pool bar there. You could swim up and get them, you know. Dude, I got fucking wrecked. And we got out of that pool. And as soon as I got out of the pool, man, my eyes were going to... And I started... I started shitting and, and barfing. And it was bad. It was real bad. But that was like... That was the most wrecked I'd ever was in my whole life. And until... I actually think I was more wrecked that night than I was the Wheels of Steel. But I was pretty close. Wheels of Steel just kind of happened. Right. You know, I'm here I am. I'm going around making sure everybody's taken care of. You know, that's kind of... It's not my event. But it's something that 
you know, I'm very heavily engaged in and, and, you know, I invited all my friends right. and all the vendors that I know and stuff. And so I was making sure that everybody else is okay. And everybody's buying me drinks and everybody's having a good time. And I was having a good time too. And I, it was one of those deals where I look around the bar and I realize none of the people I got to, I went to the bar with are in that bar anymore. I'm like, I need to go. And by the time I got home, it was lights out. And Jason, his wife, Britta, uh, Jason from the Fast Life Garage, he came home at like 3 o'clock in the morning. I hear the garage door open. I'm sleeping on the fucking floor in the in the kitchen on the tile. It feels so nice because it's cold. cold. And I just hear Jace go, <laughs> and just walk into bed, dude. I was like, God dang it. Tomorrow's going to suck, man. Yeah, he was, so, uh, he was pretty rough. But, but Florida is, the thing about Florida is that there's so many different things people don't understand like how like how rural it can be and how different it can be and i love i mean i fucking love daytona there's something about it dude it's sketchy it's dirty it's it's as cool to me as hollywood is and it's just as dirty as hollywood and it's just as sketchy as hollywood well, i lived in california and well i was in the service too i was in the air force but while i was in while i was in california the best bumper sticker I ever seen was welcome to California. Now go home. Yeah. Yeah. And they mean that if you, if you're a true Californian, they don't want you there here. They don't care. No. Floridians don't care. Fuck. No, they don't care. Well, everybody down here, it's like I was getting my haircut one time during bike week. And, uh, at the time I was working for Baker drivetrain and we were like, basically we we're hanging out over at the, um, uh, we're working at the speedway and across the, from the speedway is the mall. Right. So I could actually walk. I, it was a long walk, but I walked over to the mall and I wanted to get my hair cut. And uh, this girl was cutting my hair and we're talking and stuff. And I'm like, yeah, man, I really want to move down here. She's like, why would you want to move down here? <laughs> I'm like, why wouldn't I want to move down here? Like, it's sunny most of the year, you know. I didn't know about the rain, but. And uh, <laughs> she <laughs> she leans into my ear. And I go, why, why wouldn't I want to move down here? She leans into my ear and she goes, because people come here to die. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that's a good one. And I thought, oh, for heaven's sake. So, and she's cutting my hair, and she's like, "I go, well, nobody's even from fucking Florida." She goes, "I'm from Florida." I go, "Well, your fucking parents aren't. There's no way both of your parents are from Florida." She's like, "No, my dad's from like Pittsburgh, and my mom's from like Virginia. I said, no one's from here." You know, Karen. Um, Karen is from here, my wife, but only for a couple first couple years of her life. Right. So how did you guys, if you guys go down over there, how do you end up on this side of the state? Well, what happened was, is we were at that Starlifter Cafe, and I was looking out the window, <laughs> and lo and behold, some guy pulls up on the chopper, like a big dog chopper, and he's typical Floridian. He's got tank top on, khaki pants, shorts, and like sandals. Right. And I go, look at that. That's the life. Tank top, shorts. Riding your bike every day. With sandals? Well, no, I don't do that. But <laughs> And Rhonda leans over to me and she says, let's move here. Smart-ass me says, you get me a job. You get me a job here in Florida and we'll move here. We went home three days, two, two or three days later. Three days later, we went home. <clears throat> three weeks later, I get a call from over in Tampa, Rush Peterbilt. Here you're looking for a job. They do a over the phone interview. Right. They're like, what do you want? I tell them how much I want. Okay. When can you come? Really? I said, well, my wife owns a restaurant. 
we're going to have to sell the restaurant. He goes, you have six months. I'll hold your job for six months. Really? Yeah. God damn. So then it was like a week, week and a half later, they called me back up and say, we need you to go take a piss test yep, or whatever. Go take the piss test. See if you can pass it. Can you pass it? I said, yeah, no problem. You know, right. I take that. Okay. You're hired. When you get here, we'll give you, it was either a thousand or $2,000. Moving you, expense kind of deal. Moving. That's good, dude. So we sold the restaurant. We got everything together. How hard was that? Because you moved down here in 08, right? Or 09? Uh, let's see. We got married in five, 2005. I think we moved here in six. Damn, dude. We mo- well, it was almost six because we moved here the week before Thanksgiving. So it didn't crash yet? No. Because it crashed. I mean, dude, you know what it was like back home. I mean, where you're from in Indiana, you, what the name of the town, It's um, there's a documentary I don't know. Did you watch the documentary that I tell you about all the fucking time? On my town? Yeah, Anderson, Indiana. Oh, well, that's not actually where I'm from. I'm from Selma, Indiana. Oh, I thought you were. But isn't right by there? No. Selma, Indiana is about 35, 40 miles east of Anderson. That's pretty fucking close, bro. That's closer than Clearwater is to here. Yeah. So there's a, there's an, uh, the, the documentary is called Dirty Driving. I haven't seen it. Really? No. Dude, you got to watch it. It's about this whole town, Anderson, Indiana. It just basically goes in the fucking shitter when the Delco, Goodyear or Remy, Goodyear Fisher or Firestone, guy. one of the one of the well, the last one standing was the tire the tire factory. And when they closed yeah. the tire factory, that fucking town went to the pretty much when Delco Remy and Fisher Lant, Fisher Guide went, it was gone. I would love to have a conversation, like a real conversation with somebody about how fucked up um, manufacturing is in this country. In in not a political conversation because I'm tired of having that fucking conversation. Right. I really am because I don't feel like people listen to each other. You know, right. I, ha- I, I have a, a, a repeating guest that comes on here that really, really died in the wool in his, in his ideals. And I'm not mm-hmm. like, I'm not died in the wool. Like I'm not like everything is this way. I wasn't programmed. <clears throat> I was not programmed raised. Like my dad never talked politics. So, I wasn't programmed yeah, like you're going to fucking even... walk this hard, fast line. Yeah. I heard shit from my, you know, shitty things that my 80, you know, that my grandfather said who was born in 1931. Everybody heard shitty things from, from, from that, right? And then I heard shitty things that my mom said that I still to this day don't really agree. I don't see eye to eye with my mom on political ideology. Like my mom's like, you know, hardline Democrat and I'm not a hardline nothing. You know, I'm a hard line right down the fucking middle. I take everything for what it is. But it is where we grew up and where a lot of people that are listening to this grow have grown up and are growing up and are raising fucking kids. It just evaporated one day for them, like literally evaporated. Mm -hmm. You know, I can take you to where Spring and Bumper was in, in, in Detroit. And here's the deal. You can't build anything where Spring and Bumper was. Fuck around, dude. That dirt is 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 contaminated to the core of the earth as far as i know you know they were pl- chrome plating bumpers on a mass scale and the, the shitty part about it is they still make chrome parts right but they make them where poor people live right it's somehow it's okay to make a part in the united states ship it to california and this is how i, I was doing it for a couple of years there's no chromers around here worth a shit right right so i would box up a set of lowers mail them to california and they would drive it across to, uh, to um, Mexico and plate it over there. And somehow it's okay because brown people are fucking getting sick 
or contaminating their soil, somehow that's okay. And it's just the whole thing's fucking weird. You know what I mean? It's just like where Chevrolet is in Muncie, Indiana. Yeah. You got Borg Warner that was there. You got Chevrolet. Chevrolet turned into New Venture Gear. Okay. They ripped it all down. When I went back there almost a year ago now, when I went back there, that place is leveled. And they can't do anything to it because they have to dig it all up and it's all contaminated and everything. So it's just it's just sitting there. So Muncie, Muncie's done. Muncie has just died. Flint is done. Yep. Look how fucking the dirt, the water is dirty in Flint. Like people are still getting fucking sick. I mean, not to get all off on. I mean, why not talk about whatever we want to talk about? I get that. Like, you know, and it's important shit. And it's, there's lots of shitty opinions about what we should do. But it's important that you have companies like SNS that still build product here. Right. It's important that you have companies like Baker Drivetrain that still build stuff here, right? Uh, and then you have smaller companies like uh, Boosted Brad's Death Metal Parts, Death mm -hmm. Metal Racing, right? All of his shit's made here in the States. Right. All of it's anodized here in the States. And I don't know if you follow Boosted Brad on, online. Um, I don't know if he did it on his personal page or his Death Metal Racing page, but a couple weeks ago, he had a bunch of parts manufactured, and then he goes somewhere else to be anodized, and the anodizer fucked them all up. Well, then they couldn't fix them, and you know, and he's going through this all these trials and tribulations. And the sad fucking part about it is, if he was making his parts over in Asia, he'd never know if the quality wasn't good at some point in time in the process. Because he doesn't have any hands on. There's no boots on the ground there, right? right. So you get guys like Boosted Brad that are going out of their way to make a part here in the States. You have guys like Paul at Bare Knuckle Choppers that that fucking guy, I love him to death. We've been friends for so long. He is so hell-bent on being self-sufficient that you, you can't help but love that. You can't right. help but respect right. that, right? And then, you know, I mean, it, it, it's not for everybody. I don't have the ability to do that. He and I were having a conversation last year. He was on the podcast, and um, we were talking about, I don't know if this was on the podcast or one of our conversations, but he said something. I'm like, dude, in fucking Florida, I have to have a Midwest catalog, and I've got to sell, I've got to be able to sell Ultimate Engines, or people won't buy complete engines for me. And he was fucking shocked. He was shocked. Like, here is this high concentration of veterans in the Tampa Bay area, right? Mm -hmm. Arguably the most patriotic Americans around. Yes. There's more veterans down here than I've I, – I've never had this many veterans that are – my employees are veterans. You know, your Air Force, Shannon's Air Force. Shane was Air Force. Yes. Right? Uh, Ed is U.S. Army. My dad was was Marine. The only people here that aren't in, that weren't military, are Amanda and I, mm -hmm. you know what I mean. Um, but down here, it's 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 a tough sell. It's weird. It's a weird deal, and we got off on a tangent there, and I apologize. But <laughs> you know, um, you're you so you end up you rush beater belt calls. You get thousand dollars for uh, for yeah, moving I can't down here. How much it was, but we moved down here and and we rented our house just by looking it up, and getting a broker. And uh, rented our house. We got our house. And a really funny story is, is okay, this house that we first moved into was beautiful. Mm -hmm. I mean, absolutely beautiful. Beautiful. It was a beautiful home. Five-acre lake in the backyard. Walk out the back right past the pool. Go out, walk down into the, onto the deck. That sets the bar a little high for your wife. Had a, had a dock. It was great. I mean, it was great. Did you have a paddle boat? 
I ended up getting a flat bottom John boat with a trolling motor so I could troll around and bass fish and fish in that pond. There was so much fish. But the funniest story was is Brittany, our youngest daughter, <coughs> Rhonda's youngest daughter, Brittany is, she might as well be mine if she's watching this. I love you, Brittany. But, you know, she knows, she acts just like me. Everybody thinks she's my daughter. But <laughs> right. anyway, I, I come in the house one day. I got up like 5 o'clock in the morning. I walk out. I had like a week before I had to go to work. So I'm getting the house all ready and everything. And I'm, I walk out 5 o'clock in the morning and sit down in a lawn chair on a dock, a five-acre lake, going, this is the fucking life, man. This is it. I have done it. We have moved to Florida. This is it. I got a five-acre lake in my backyard. I look over, and there's a 15-foot alligator I was just... laying on the dot on the side of the of the bank. There's three fence posts, and he's tail to nose three fence posts. I'm like, oh my god! I get up and I go in the house. And I'm like, Brittany, that's bigger than 15 feet, dude. I'm like, Brittany, Brittany, come here. That's come like here. that's big. They called him Elvis. So. I, I go get her, and I said, don't slam the door. Well, she slams the door open, the door slams, and this son of a bitch jumps about 10 feet from the bank to the water, push, and just glides across the water. And Brittany's like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Well, he had these little fences, you know, about three foot tall, yep. all, you know, in our, back, in our backyards and stuff. And uh, so then my daughter and her husband at the time, Ashley and uh, Josh, came down here, and we got in that flat-bottom John boat and was cruising around the lake one night, dark. And I said, Josh, check it out. And I shined the light, and that 15-foot alligator, 16-foot, however big he was. It's big. He's huge. Was right beside us. He was right beside us. I could have reached down and petted him. And Josh is freaking out. You know, oh, my God. Oh my God. I said, it's okay. It's okay. He has plenty to eat. <laughs> well, there was there's a five-acre lake where we were at, and then Valrico Lake. There's a pipe, big pipe, and when the water would fit, go, water level was up, he could swim across back and forth. Gotcha. But then when the water level go down, he'd stay over in the in the shallow in the shallow lake. And just and there was eat as many bass as he could. Tilapia. We had oh. tilapia like crazy. So when I started working at Rush, one of the older guys that he was a he called himself a Florida cracker. His name was Bubba. Bubba, <laughs> <laughs> fucking stereotypical. The right there. only time I ever saw this guy with clothes. When I say clothes, it's fully clothed was when he was in uniform. Any other time, he was in a wife beater and a pair of blue jeans, cut off blue jeans, shorts, and no shoes. So he comes over to the house one day with a net, and he goes, do you have polarized glasses? I said, yeah. He said, let's get in that John boat, and I'm going to show you how to catch some fish with a net. I'd never seen it done. Right. I'm, I'm Indiana. I'm from Indiana. Catch fish with a hook and a pole. <laughs> yeah, and a worm. Know, or a crane or a cane pole. You yeah, know? right. But you don't, you don't net them. So he's out there standing on the front of the boat. He goes, tell me when you see a big black spot. I said, right there. Where? I said, right there. He throwed it. That net went down. He's like, oh, you got to help me. <laughs> so here we pull this net up. There was probably 80 fish in that net. We just dumped them in the boat. He goes, okay, go to another spot. So we go around. Three cast nets. I'll bet we caught, and I'm not exaggerating, 200 fish. <laughs> and he goes, these are the biggest tilapia I've ever seen in my life. They were like. Are they edible? Edible, rather? Two inches, two inches wide. They were about, uh, what do you say, eight inches, ten inches long. They're freshwater, though, right? Yeah. Oh. So, he, we go back up there, and he goes, all right. He goes to, his, goes to his truck, and he gets three Coleman coolers, the big, huge Coleman coolers. We fill three of them up. He drags <clears> them up on the dock. 
He goes, do you have an extension cord? I'm like, yeah, what do you need an extension cord for? He said, you think I'm flaying these by hand? He gets out an electric knife, plugs it into the extension cord, and fillets these fish on my dock. Throws the guts and yeah, right. out. In the, you know, the alligators love that. Oh, yeah. So he's got these big fillets. He's like, all right, now here's the deal. Do not bring anything to work to eat for a week. I've got redfish, snook, and tilapia. I've got my special seasoning and everything. So he brought this little, like, cake pan with a little slider on it. You remember those? Yeah. And it would be completely full of fish every night, and we'd eat like kings. And I said, what is that seasoning? He said, I can't tell you. It's it's a, it's my comes from my parents, and it's a special seasoning, and I can't do it. And Bubba was great. He was great. He had an airboat. He would go out. He was always trying to get me to go out. You ever been on an airboat? I have never been on an airboat. My son-in-law has one. Dude, they are fucking frightening. I'm not going to lie to you. My son-in-law is sitting. He's got, you know, because you, you have one seat that's low. And then the tower. And one seat that's up. Well, when Shelby got married, TikTok was here from England. Yeah. And he's like, we got to let it, you know, he wanted to take TikTok out real bad. And, and Mike's pretty fucking adventurous. Yeah. He's like, ah, oh, fuck yeah, let's go. So him and his buddy Butch uh, take us out on airboats. And they are, I mean, I couldn't see my hand in front of my face. It was that dark. And they are fucking flying across this fucking lake. And I'm like, if we hit a tree stump, we're dead. I am fucking alligator. Because I'm telling you what, dude. I, I, would, I am so frightened of alligators and snakes that I would be walking on the fucking water. I would, <laughs> I'm not kidding you, dude. There are a few things that if I've had guns pulled on me, me too. right? And I've gotten that, you know, I get fucking scared. Don't get me wrong, but, but I don't, pi- I don't, I don't piss my pants. I don't shit myself. I don't, oh, oh my God. You know, I don't go and get fetal. If, if, if that shit, I'm telling you right now, son, I would have a fucking heart attack. They, they just might as well let them eat have me. Have I because- ever tell you that about the alligator story where we caught an alligator? No. Okay. Well, when I was, Younger, 14, 13, 14. My parents, we would come down here, and we would stay in Tarpon Lake with my mom, my dad's neighbor from high school, from when he was a kid, this neighbor, Patsy. And her and her husband work at Honeywell. And they got this really nice house on Tarpon Lake. We would go there and stay there for like 10, 10 11, 12 days. Wow. And they had this big dock. They had a boat. Their boys... The boys barefoot skied. They Them did. UAW vacations where you have like yeah. fucking shutdown. You had two weeks of shutdown in the summer and two weeks shut yeah. down in the winter. So we come here and dad's like, I want to catch a gator. I want to catch a gator. And Will, Will, now he was like, he was in his 60s at the time. Will would come home from Honeywell in a suit and tie. Right. Okay. He would go in his bedroom. He would take the suit and tie and everything off and come out in a pair of blue jean, cut off blue jean shorts. No shoes, no shirt with a beer in his hand, and walk out to the dock. What's up, boys? And he was from, I think, Kentucky. But he built this house on this lake. Right. He, he cleared the land. He built this house on the lake. Then he would, we were freaking out the first time he did it. He walked down the stairs. He said, I ought to see you guys in about an hour. And he took off swimming across Tarpon Lake. By himself. Just, yeah. there he goes. He'd swim clear across. The and fact back. that people will swim in fucking fresh water down here, get the fuck out of here, man. I am not doing it. Oh, I won't even I won't even jet ski in it. Oh, nope. we, we nope. did it. We nope. did it in the daytime. Nope. We did nope. it in the daytime. They fuck had a, that. They Why had so a, that gators can see you even better? So you can see the gator coming? They had nope. They had six fifty five gallon drums and they made a. they had a flotation, a, a dock, like a floating and we would swim it out. 
and throw these cinder blocks off the side of it, lay out in the sun, dump, jump off of it, swim around, ski in there and everything. Well, that was the first year. Did you ever see a gator? That was the first year. <laughs> the second year we come. The gator's coming. The gator story's coming. I can feel it. Dad was like, I, I'm, I'm catching a gator, catching a gator. So he got chicken liver, buried it in the backyard, got it all rotten and nasty and took these treble hooks and took big old line sinker, uh, big old steel uh, leader on a rope and, and a uh, uh, milk jug. Yeah. They called a trout liner, you know. Yeah. And he put it out there. And then he brought this six-volt battery with this big old million-powered candlelight. And you would put a red lens on it, and you would sit out there, and he'd go, Well, okay. yeah, because you can see Gator's eyes are orange. They're, well, when you, sign that, when you sign that, shine that red light on them, yeah. they're just fireballs. But the funny thing is they can't see that. They can't see that light because it's that red lens is over it. So he's out there. He's like, there's one. There's one. How do you know that they can't see it? You ever ask a fucking alligator? Well, no, I ain't asked them, but I mean... Well, I'm just saying, like, why say. do people always say that? They say deer can't see them either. People say that all the fucking time. Get the fuck out of here. But if you take the, if you take the red lens off of a spotlight and hit Yeah, because deer, it's brighter, and they're like, oh, oh shit, yeah, that's so take, bright. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I love it when people say what animals think. So here's... Oh, this was... He's, this he's was, a nice dog. He's just... <laughs> he's a little upset right now. Oh, so is he was, upset? He. My wife does it all the time. I, I know she's watching right now. She'll go like... Tigger's mad at you. He won't even see you. He's not, he's not even, he's, he, look at me. He's not even looking at you. He's upset with you. I'm like, uh, you don't know that. Because <laughs> the dog could just be tired. Tired of looking at me. You know what I mean? <laughs> so here's the story. We're sitting there and all of a sudden the whole dock just shake, just, just boom, jerked. And Will said, oh shit. And so they grabbed the rope and he goes, he's on, he's on there. So we start pulling this rope. Three of us pulling this rope in. Will gets in the damn water. And I'm like, what are you doing? He goes, listen, it's real simple. I said, where's your hands at? He said, covering my junk. <laughs> and he, on the dock, it had like a little cubby hole. He had soap and shampoo. He took a, he took a shower. He, took, he washed. He didn't take a shower in the house. He washed in that water and everything. Well, he's, he's sitting there, and he reaches up. I go, what are you doing? He goes, it's a hammer. He gets a hammer. We get that, we get that alligator up there, and all of a sudden he just goes whoop, and hits that alligator and kills it. It was about eight foot long, eight ten foot long. We drag it up on the dock. We drag it up on the on the on the bank. <laughs> it's illegal, right? Completely. So here we are, Indiana boys. You know, we're like, we caught us an alligator. So he calls one of his buddies, and he comes and gets it. And he's going to tan the hide for us and everything. And the only thing we can think of, we're going to have alligator boots. We're going to have alligator um, belts, you know, and this is going to be cool. Well, he got busted. <laughs> Did he really? Yeah, he got busted. I don't know what happened, but, <clears throat> but he got he got busted. So we never got that stuff. But there was a little... Did you eat it? No, no, no. You have never... Have you ever yes, eaten, you've yes, eaten it, right? Yes, I've had alligator. Okay. But there was a canal that was down the road about two blocks. There was a little canal that ran around there. So the boys told me, hey, get a topwater jig and come on. So we get we get a. I have no idea what you just said. A topwater jig, like a little jet, jitterbug that floats on the water, for put it on a um, fishing pole. <laughs> so <laughs> the Indiana's coming out at him. <laughs> so we we go out there and you you throw this little jitterbug across there and skip it across the water and all of a sudden the little alligator little alligator's about three foot long come out from underneath the tree and stuff and just snap and grab it. Well, they won't let go of it because you're pulling on them. So you pull them up on the bank. Well, my little brother, 
we caught this three-legged alligator. He was missing one of his front legs. And they said, that, you know, probably somebody, one of them bit it off. Yeah. So the boys take black tape and they tape up his nose. I am freaking out. I won't touch this. I am flipping out. I've never seen an alligator other than on TV and, and right. in a zoo. And they're like, oh, yeah, here, hold it. You know, I'm like, they go, where's your brother at? I go, I don't know. I said, oh, let's, come on. These two were crazy. And These are Will's kids? Yeah, John and Jay. So we go up there, and my brother is laying on the floor like this. Just passed out. And he's five years younger than me. And... We set this alligator on his stomach with his nose taped shut, and he goes, and I'm like, hey, 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 Damon, Damon, Damon. And he's like, what? And I go, where'd you get that alligator? Now, Patsy's in the kitchen cooking dinner. She's a very religious woman. Very, that sounds very, like the start of a good country song. Very, very religious woman. She looks over, and she's got this knife about this long. She says, get that damn alligator out of this house now, boys. My brother flips out, throws the alligator. So we're like, okay, cool. So, you know, we take the alligator and we go out. Across the street just happened to be one of their neighbors, and she was having a girls' party, and they was all in the swimming pool and stuff, and they had that big old seawall. It's about three and a half, four foot tall. So John's like, come on, man, this will be great. I go, what are we doing? He goes, come on. <laughs> go torment the old ladies. So we go over there. No, these are young. They're, they're like <clears throat> 15, 16, 17. John was 20 at the time, so, you know. Okay. These are all the girls he knows and stuff. And he takes this alligator and throws it, and you hear it go in the water. Girls are jumping over the seawall, running in the house, screaming, yelling, and he's like, come on. And so we go run around the house. Well, here she I can't remember her name. She comes outside, you asshole, you know. Now get in there and get that alligator. He's like, Okay. So they go in there. Well, it's, it's mouth taped, taped shut. Taped up, taped shut. So. so they jump in the pool, grab it, and then take it back out, untape its mouth, and throw it back in the water, in, in the canal. And I'm like, you guys are nuts. So then they're like, we'll go, ski. you know how to ski? You know how to water ski? I said, yeah. We'll go skiing? This no. Is, this is like 8, 30, 9 no. o'clock at night. No. And I'm like, no. I'm not skiing in the dark. No. And they're like, why not? No. So they go out and fire this boat up. What year is this? See, I graduated in 86, so this was 70s? No, 82. Yeah, 82. So you're 82, you're not quite an adult, but you're an adolescent, almost you're, you're almost I was like an adult. 14. Okay. Jay's sitting on the dock. John throws him the rope. I'm like, "What are you doing?" He goes, "We're going skiing." He they has no skis on. He goes barefoot. He has no skis on. He's sitting on the dock. John's like, you ready? Jay said, hit it. He takes his shirt, he takes his hat and turns around backwards. Okay? And take off. No lights. They don't They don't put. turn no lights on on the boat or nothing. This boat would go like 50, 60 mile an hour across the lake, just hauling ass. <laughs> All of a sudden, he hits it. And I'm like, you feel the jerk, you know, because you feel jerk him off the dock. Right. I said, how do you know he's back there? I said, I can feel him. They did this all the time. They got tickets all the time. They'd get busted all the time. John and Jay out night skiing. I wonder what happened to them. I wonder if they're still around. Um, John passed away, and uh, Jay, I think Jay just, no, Jay's still, Jay's still around. I haven't seen Jay for a while, but. Isn't that funny? But uh, it, it was a blast. That's they, something that, you know, you grew up with having a brother 
And so there's, you know, you guys, you're, you're five years apart, but there's still, I'm still, there's, I'm sure there's still some fuckery. When you're 20 and he's 15, there's still some fuckery, right? Oh, yeah. There was and you went into the military, so you weren't necessarily around, but I wasn't, I have a younger brother that's four years younger than me that we weren't, we weren't raised in the same household. So there isn't, there isn't that, we don't have those stories. It was always competition. There was always competition between my brother. There, there, there's always been competition, to, and I don't. I guess it's just the way brothers are. You know? Right. There was more competition on his part because I did all these things, and then he looked up to me or whatever, you know. And I love him to death. And and uh, we had we had some. I, yeah, I'm like anybody else. I've had some problems with my family and had had you know had some distance for a while, and we all got back together, you know. Now my father passed away, but my mom's still alive, and. My brother's still alive, and your dad passed last December, the summer before last. Um, it's almost two years now. It wasn't December. Yeah, it wasn't in December. Are you sure? No, it was in like October. My dad died September, uh, September 3rd of eighteen. So when did your dad pass? It wasn't the same year as my dad. No. It was a. We were in this building though. Yes. So it was the first year we were in this building. I think nineteen. Yes. Yeah, that's tough. Yeah. That's and, tough. It, it, it I don't was. care how old you are. When you lose your dad, it changes you. Yeah. And and, and me and my dad had just started talking again. Cause we That's good. We hadn't been talking for a while, and we just started talking and and uh, kind of cleared things up and everything. And then he went to the tractor poles with the with the family. With yeah, the he mind. passed away at the tractor yeah. poles, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. What a fucking Indiana thing to do. And uh, that, that's, hey, that's mom, the way my, to go if you're from Indiana. I mean, that's like epic dad, shit. Yeah, they loved, they loved to go to the tractor poles. They went to the Moreland Fair and... Dad was getting cold, and he said uh, he had fought he had fought uh, <clears throat> bone cancer or blood cancer, and uh, he was getting cold. And he said, "Well, you know, after these after these people pull the people they knew, they would go watch these people. After these people pull, you know, then we'll leave." Right. So, my brother, or my son, excuse me, my son VJ helped him down the uh, grandstands, and his wife was standing there, and Dad was holding on the fence, and she said, "He said I, I can't catch my breath, honey." And he went back up to help my mom down the bleachers, and he just fell over. He Jesus. Fell, he fell over, and they tried to bring him back two or three times on the way to the hospital, and just didn't happen. Not happening. And everybody thinks that, you know, it was uh, all that chemo and everything, and just put it's stress on his heart. It's debilitating, dude. Yeah, just put a stress on his heart, you know, and everything. And Dad was, uh, he, he left mom good with the farm and all that and everything and I went up there and, and helped to get the farm all back together painted the painted the place up and everything and did some work and cleaned out the barn and all that and everything you know but when you circle back to things that's the one thing I, I want people to understand like uh, <clears throat> where we grew up our dads because my dad worked at Ford for a while your dad retired from GM uh, our fathers we're the last generation of mostly men. I mean, it is what it right, is. Right. Um, that could take their high school diploma down to one of the big three, get a good paying job, raise a family, retire. Now see, my dad was in my dad didn't do that. He went to electrical school, became electrician, and worked for the union and and did the contractor outside contractor job for a long time and then he got a job at gm right but they still i mean his age group was the yes. last age group that could do that yes 
like when, when I don't know how things were when you graduated high school, because I know you went right into the Air Force, but you came, you know, four years, five years. How long were you in the Air Force? Four years. So you came back after your four-year stint. Things still weren't, things still weren't where you could go, just go down to GM. It was a well, you were in the 80s. It, it was a good old boy system. Like it all, is. all the guys that I went to school with, their dads worked at GM. And their dads could get them in. Their dads got them in. My dad asked me. You want a job at GM? I said, no. He's like, why? I don't want to work in a factory. I don't want to do Isn't that, that weird? We were we were the first gen. You know, I bitch all the time and complain and, and reminisce. It's like I was saying earlier where I romanticize my time in, in Houston, right? Because I was a little kid. Everything. What fucking worries do you have when you're a little kid? If you're in a family that's pretty well cared for, my parents took real care, good care of us. So I romanticize about that, right? But we're the first generation to go, I'm good. I'll figure something the fuck out. Like, you know, and so like my brother-in-law is getting ready to retire from Ford Motor Company and he's grandfathered into some things. But if he doesn't leave soon, right, he's going to have to accept some things that weren't the deal when he got. Right. And I, I've always had a problem. I don't know how, I don't know how, you know, I know many of my listeners are, I don't know how they feel about things like this, but. I've never, ever, ever thought for a second, especially once I got there, like I remember thinking, I'll give you a good example. I remember thinking in 2000, if I just can make $45,000 a year, <laughs> everything will be fine, right? I remember having that conversation with myself. And then I remember getting a job for $45,000 a year and I had a company car and I you know, had to wear a suit to work. And on, on the outside... Everything was great, right? I had a nice little thousand square foot house, garage, race car, snowmobile. So in the summer I went racing, in the winter I went snowmobiling, yeah. right? I lived on the same street that my wife and I, you know, the, my wife grew up on, in the house next to the house she grew up in. I mean, right. like all of like the Americana Midwest bullshit that we sign that we that we accept. And then they get that job. For $45,000 a year and you realize that you're, and I'm not besmirching anybody who works for somebody else because it's just not something that I'm equipped to do. I'm not a good employee. You know, I, I'm, I, yeah, you've said that several times. Yeah. I'm, I'm not a good consumer. I'm not a good employee, you know? And so I'm just better off in this space. And with everything that's gone on lately with how many people I've lost close to me in the last two and a half fucking years, right. you know what I mean? Right. Um, I don't think I'm fucking wrong. You understand what I'm saying? Well, I mean, to each his own. You, you're fine with that and saying I work for somebody, you know. But now, at the age that I'm at, now I'm a supervisor. Yeah. So now I have guys that work for me, and then I'm looking back going, this is hilarious because back when we were younger and these old guys were telling us, one of these days, boy, you know, one of these days you're going to realize this stuff, you know. And now right. you're sitting here teaching these guys and – you're the same way. You've got young guys that work here, you know, and you've got to. Yeah, but I do things differently than other people. I, I you know, I, I try to be a forward thinking person. And, you know, I, I wish there was a way because I know how your brain works because you and I are hardwired exactly the fucking same. I know you grew up on a farm yeah, but and I grew up in the city, right. but we're Midwestern. And I know that counts for something. It counts down here in Florida. That's big time. It does because we get opportunities based on our work ethic. Right. Like, I don't know any other way. Like, I, I just, 
I go to work every day. Like I can remember I, uh, when I started teaching high school, um, I got my paycheck and we used to get paid once a month. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like kind of looking at all the little pieces and parts. It's not a lot of money. Teachers are way underpaid. Right. And I'd have that fucking argument with anyone. Somebody on here wants to argue with me about teachers getting too much money because they work half a year or whatever. Let me tell you something. I did it for fucking five years. Go fuck yourself. Teachers are underpaid. They're the most important fucking job on the planet is a teacher. And then a doctor. And then a fucking, you know, and then a cop. And then, a, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But um, I was like, what is this over here? Like, and then she's like, well, that's your, that's your, that's your sick days. I was like, okay. So I get right out of the jump, you get seven sick days. And then you get 10 personal days. I was like, what are What's those for? Day? She goes, for whatever you want. It's a personal day. I'm like, so I could call up and go, I'm having a personal day. I need a personal day off, please. Can I, I'm just going to go ahead and take a personal day. She goes, you don't even have to call in. She goes, it's all done online. So I literally, if you were going to call in, you could just fucking call in. Like you'd literally just go, it was all automated. I never did it. I never did it. Never. And I remember like, I'm like, it's that, I go, that's 17 fucking days. We only work 185 days. We're scheduled 185 days. We get two weeks off at Christmas, two and a half months off in fucking summertime, right. week off for spring. And you get 17 week, day personal days. And 17 personal days and every bank holiday. She's like, I know. And she goes, and some people use them all. I was like, what the fuck, man? Are you kidding me? So I'm saying that at the same time I say teachers are underpaid. They're fucking, that is the most bananas job I've ever had. But you and I just, we just... Look at we just work. It's like it's it's the the way to exp, the way to explain this is is I was born and raised on a farm, okay, and you you had a job to do, you had responsibilities, you had chores, whatever, okay. Well, my farm, thank you, the the farm that I worked on wasn't a farm that I lived on. I worked at a dairy farm, which was my mom's best friend's husband's dairy farm. Yeah, but you lived on. I lived on a 10-acre farm. Yeah. We had a 10-acre farm. We had animals. We had, we raised our own livestock, you know. We butchered them so we could eat them. You know, we had rabbits. We butchered them so we could eat them. Really? You I, eat rabbit? Yep. I, I don't mean, eat fucking rabbit. The only thing we did, we had chickens for eggs, but we, did, we didn't have the chickens very long. We didn't like, we had hogs some, one time. We had hogs, raised them up, you know, and it was like, wow, you know, this is, that's what you did. And then when dad took you hunting. See, it's, such is, an, it's such a good way to learn the appreciation of the circle of life. And this is something that people don't don't get. Some people don't get here. Younger kids don't get it is, you know, you shoot a gun. I was taught how to shoot a gun at a very young age. Yeah. A very young age. Okay. This is what a gun does. This is what, it, this is what happens. You do not point it at a human being. You do not point a gun unless you're willing to pull the trigger. That was my dad's favorite saying. Yep. And, and then he would say, whatever's on the other end of that gun you're going to kill it but when it come to hunting here was his saying you shoot what you eat so we had a different rule or eat what you shoot i'm sorry yeah well i knew what you meant yeah um that is why i think guns need to be taught in school and if you're if you're watching this podcast or listening to this podcast and you think i'm wrong then feel free to never listen to me again like, I'm, I'm okay with that. Like, I'm okay with, like, taking that group of people 
I'm I'm okay with there's there's a couple there's a couple groups of people that I'm willing to cut cut bait with as human beings. Like I respect you. You have a right to your own opinion, but you can you can pound it up your ass. One of them is anti-gun. The other one is anti-meat. Like I don't even mean it in a ma- in a mean way. Like if you don't eat meat, that's cool. I get it. Right, right. But uh, the PETA people are the yeah. people that I have a problem with. I don't like factory farming either. Right. Like I have a problem with factory farming, so I'll quantify that. But my grandfather's rule was: you will clean whatever you shoot. Exactly. I have so, a very funny story on. That. I, I let me tell you mine real quick. <laughs> so, nineteen ninety, I'm a senior in high school. My grandfather has a place up in northern Michigan. Every year, my grandfather, my father, one of my uncles, myself, one of my dad's cousins would go deer hunting. Now, the only woman that ever went deer hunting was my grandmother, and she was not up there to hunt. I'm going to be mean. She's up there to cook and take She's care of the She's up there to guys. cook, clean, and take care of my grandfather. My grandfather was, I will say it, 100% chauvinist, male chauvinist pig. So was my grandfather. But he was born in 31, right? Different fucking time. <clears throat> my dad's brother thought it would be cute to shoot a porcupine. So my dad, or they were coming back, and, and he, my dad, this is 1990. My dad's 39 years old. His brother's <sighs> born in 56, so he's... Five years younger than my dad, so he's 34. And my grandfather said, it, they were choking around about my, my uncle's like, I just shot a porcupine out of the tree. And my grandfather, it was, that was such a life lesson. It was such a life lesson to be 17 years old, right? My uncle's 34, my dad's 39. This is in 1990, <clears throat> so my grandfather is, not even 60 yet, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And I watched my grandfather. He's My grandfather's 11 years older than what I am right now, right? Does that work out right? Does the math work out right on that? 11 years older than you are right now? So my this then, is 1990. Yeah, my, gra- yeah, my granddad yeah, is 59. Yeah. Wow, that's... <laughs> okay, yeah, I guess my kid could be... Yeah, fuck. Another 11 years, my kid will be in her 30s. <laughs> in my head, my kids are still kids, you know? Right. So, yeah, my grandfather's 11 years older than what I am right now. And I watched him tell my dad and my uncle, you're cleaning it. And they didn't fucking, they, there was no pushback. And so there's my dad out <clears throat> in the woods and his brother, and they are skinning this porcupine. They skinned it. My grandfather made him clean it and skin it and put it in a Ziploc bag and put it in the freezer. We never ate it, but they were they had quills in their fucking hands and stuff. That's a lesson. And if you don't shoot a gun and you're not taught how to shoot a gun and you're not taught to respect that gun, then you never respect it. You'll never respect it. You'll never understand it. You'll never understand the space. You'll never understand the relationship between you and pulling the trigger and dropping something on the other end, whether it be a human. And that's part of the problem that I have, like with the video game shit. Yes. I'm not a video gamer. Yeah, I think they have over-sensationalized that to a point where they've turned going into the Army. They've made these kids fucking think. And I wouldn't tell anybody not to go to the military. You want to go to the military? God love you. 
because we have to have a military and our military is all volunteer and we have the best military on the planet. I hundred percent. There's not, I don't even waver on that, but it's not a fucking video game. No. And they shouldn't have video games where like grand theft auto, you can get a hooker and, and bang a hooker in a car. Right. Right. You, and, and you can, in, in, uh, you know, call of duty, you're, you're killing people and they're taking you to, to like places that are geographically real. Mm-hmm. Right. And these people, these engineers are engineering these buildings the way that it's real. Like it's, it's fucking three dimensional, basically engineering drawings and you're fighting in this. And I just have a problem with it. And the funny thing about video games and stuff, and I don't want to get all on that cause I'm not like big on it, but what we have back star or remember space, Pong? Space, we had Pong. We had Pong, Atari Pong when it first came out. That was a big thing. Had a Zenith console TV yep. and Atari Pong. Oh, 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 you know, and it was like, like, and then we had a gun that you could, a rifle that you could shoot these little duck targets. hunt or whatever. No, well, it wasn't duck hunt yet. It was just a target. It was a white target right. you could shoot. That was what we grew up on. And then just like that handheld right there, that little football game. Isn't that the football game? This is the football game. My father had this football game. This isn't the exact one he. I had one of them. This isn't this. This is not my father's football game. But this is the exact, I mean, th- this is the exact football game that my dad played, yep. right? Where, you got, you, where you're playing and you're, and you're trying to run. And, <laughs> and, right? And now, and that's why I keep this here because my dad loved to play this. My dad would play this for hours. And now it's real. You know, you got a real person yep. running. You got a real, you got a real tackle. Yeah, Madden or whatever. Yeah, I mean, it, it's, but this is, Going back to saying what we talk about as being kids, this is the big thing. You were taught responsibility. You were taught respect. We weren't, but here's the thing. We were taught respect. We respected everybody. Everyone. And, and it wasn't, where I came from, there wasn't no this yes ma'am, yes sir shit. No, People would tell you, don't say that. Right. Don't, uh, don't yes sir me, don't yes ma'am me. That, you know, it was the Midwest. You just say yes. But like your kids and my kids, if your kids is messing up, I'm going to say something to him. Absolutely. It if takes a village to if, raise a kid, if right? If your kid's going to mess, if my kid's messing up, you're going to say something to him. And I'm going to call your dad. I'm going to call your mom. Yep. And that was, that was the biggest, oh my God. Now it's like, oh, go ahead, do whatever. You know, the, the, the thing is, there was a thing on Facebook not too long ago of a woman having a kid leaning over her lap and was spanking him. Fuck yeah. Did you get spanked in school? Dude, I got pops. We called them pops. Yeah, I got popped in school. We called them wax. Yeah, they call them that too. But I got I got popped in school, dude. Yep, I did too. That was humiliating as shit. I didn't get I didn't get I, I was I was a good student. You know, I, I didn't I didn't screw off. Right. I did. I did uh one year I did and my dad fixed that for me. <laughs> yeah, you don't do it more. Yeah, than he once, put right? he put me he took everything out of my bedroom except for a bed and a light and my books. And said, you will stay in this room until you start doing schoolwork. If anybody's looking around, just keep talking. I've got a, I've got a that battery wouldn't charge up. But I still have people, my family, God love them. My brother, my brother's wife, she thinks I'm just totally crazy because I work all these hours and, and, uh. She she thinks that uh, me and my wife don't get to spend much time together. 
But it's the, it's the way I it's the way I was raised. It's the way I am. You're not going to get anywhere in life by sitting around waiting for it to come to you. No, and it's either a quality or a quantity thing too. And I spend I spend quality time with my wife, and when she's had enough of me being gone, she'll let me know, and then I'll be like, okay, I got to slack off, and you know, it is what it is. But moving down, moving from California, moving from Indiana, a a farm town. Salma, Indiana, out to, uh, I, I was in, uh, half, I was at Travis Air Force Base, so I was halfway between Valrico and Vallejo, or halfway between Sacramento and San Francisco, 50 miles each way. Being out there, and then coming back to Indiana for a while, um, it was, uh, it was pretty pretty wild. And then moving down here, I was like, California is nothing like Florida. Florida is nothing like California. It's two totally different worlds. You don't think there are, that there are similarities between the two? There, there are similarities, but the lifestyle is way different. Like you go to San Francisco, and it's, depending on where you went, what time of the day you went, it was wild. And then you go up to Sacramento, you know, and... You could go to whatever events you wanted to go. Like we used to go to the Street Machine Nationals in Sacramento. Right. And I saw stuff that I just couldn't believe. And I, you know, hundred thousand dollar cars that were just guys driving down the road. I couldn't believe it. You know. Yeah. Well, California's always been like that. I don't. You know. Nowadays, I don't. I don't even know what to say about it now. And you come down here, you know, and like, okay, we used to have we used to cruise. You remember cruising? Yeah. Okay. We cruise Telegraph. They don't cruise here. No, they don't. It's really weird. That's so funny because Karen and I, we were driving somewhere a couple of Fridays ago, and I'm like, there's a there's a car show right there. She's like, well, pull in there. We'll go in there. And even that's one thing down here that people don't understand, and I don't know how it was in Indiana. I can only assume it was very similar. There's a car show every weekend. Well, people don't do cars at the level that they do them in Michigan. They just don't. Right, in Indiana either. And I and I don't think that anybody I don't think anywhere in the world does cars to the level that we did cars in Michigan. I just don't think it exists. I really do not think it exists. My hometown was big drag racers. Yeah. Big, big drag us racers. Us too. Pro streeters. Mm-hmm. You know, you you drag race your car on Saturday night and Wednesday night. Wednesday night and Saturday. Wednesday night was test and tune. Yep. Friday night was like test and tune. Saturday night was, um, if there was a big race, it was qualifier, but there would be Saturday night races. And then Sunday was, Saturday was like, uh, if there was a two-dayer, Saturday was all like Time. bracket racing. Yeah, bracket racing. And then Sunday would been would been wrap-up of bracket racing. But, I mean, you raced Sundays. I, I lived in Daleville, Indiana for a while, and I had an S10 right. that, I, that I brought from California. It was lowered, had cow induction hood. It looked like it was all pro-streeted and everything, but had a four-cylinder in it. It had a cow induction hood on it and everything. And really? I, oh, yeah. And everybody was like, I brought this first. In Daleville, I had the first slam truck. Everybody was freaking out about it. I had suit, I had uh, uh, shaved door handles with the buttons underneath the fender, and you know, and everybody wanted to show me how to build one of these trucks. Well, I showed a couple guys, and after I showed them, boom, everybody started having S10s. That's cool. So I went to the Daleville car show it was called John D- John Dillinger car show because in Delville there was a bank that John Dillinger would not rob 
and he would not rob it because it sat right beside the railroad track. And back in the day, old bank robbers would never rob something where they could get caught by the train. Really? Yep. Anderson, Indiana has train track all the way around it. Banks didn't get robbed in Anderson, Indiana because they could get caught. See, you learn things here on the Garageville podcast. <laughs> when but we I have went, good guests on I, there. I went to the John Dillinger car show, and this guy pulls in. with a Jerry York was his name. He pulls in with a 1966 Chevy 2 Nova. It was beautiful. There's something about little Chevy 2s, those little shoebox cars. It was black. had these funky, almost like a magenta stripes down the side. It kind of right. jumped up and went down the back. And I told my buddy, my buddy at the time was... Britton Chambles, he still lives in Indiana. I told Britton, I said, I'm going to buy that car. He goes, oh, yeah, okay. So I let him pull up and park and everything. I walked over. I said, hey, Jerry, how you doing? And Jerry was a big Chevelle guy. He liked Chevelles, and I knew that. But somehow he'd come up with this this uh, Chevy 2. So I, I get a get my uh, chair, and I go over, and I sit down with him. And we sit there. He pulls his cooler open. He starts drinking beer. You want beer? Nope, I'm good, you know. We're sitting there. My buddy sits down with me about an hour. He says, I'm good getting up, walk around. I, I'm, I'll leave you guys be. So I said, you want to sell that car to me? His wife is behind him going. He goes, nope, it's not for sale. I said, man, I, before we leave here today, I'm buying that car. I want that car. You have a small block in it? Yep, had a 406 in it. I knew a dude with a big block in a 63. This was a 66. It had a 406. Mm. Pete Jackson gear drive. Nice. It was all done up. He had he had done all, he had done this car. It was a show. It was a show and go car, you know. And the, he bought it off of a guy or traded it out of this guy, because this guy was going to make a drag car out of it. And he didn't want him to ruin it, so he got the car. That's funny. That's something that only Midwesterners will do. So after I don't want you ruining this car. After the after the by the making day, it cooler. <laughs> after the day was up, he wins Best Nova, of course, with his car. I win. I can't even remember what it was, what it, what the class was. It wasn't S10, but it was custom truck sure. or something like that. And I won, of course, on that. And everybody would be freaking out over my truck. And lo and behold, an Astro van pulls in. It's narrowed and tubbed. It's got four bucket seats in it. And I go over to this guy, and I'm like, "That's badass." Yeah, isn't that cool? I like kinky shit like that. That is badass. I want that. My wife, this is my ex-wife at times, <laughs> like, no. I'm like, this would be great. She's like, no. I said, get rid of my S10. I told this guy, I'll trade you my S10 even up. He said, all right. And I walked back over and I sat down and I was like, I, I don't really want that Astro van. I want this Deuce. That's what we called them, Deuces, you know. Yeah. Too. I said, yeah. I want this Deuce. So I told Jerry, I said, look, man. That's funny. That's if you decide that you want to sell this car, here is my phone number. I want you to call me. I will take care of this car. You will not believe how I will take care of this car. He said, well, if I ever decide to sell, I'll let you know. 30 days, 30 days to the day of that show, he calls me on the phone. He says, listen, this car is not for sale to anyone but you. I want $11,000 for this car. God. What year is this? 66. Oh, what year was it? Yeah. Uh, I got out of the service in 90. It was probably... 92. Dude, that's real money back then. That's real money back and then. And I'm like... 11 Gs? How, how am I going to come up with $11,000? Fuck yeah, dude. That's a lot of jack. That's a lot of jack today I, for a fucking hot rod. My wife was pregnant with our first baby. <laughs> we, had just bought, we had just bought our first house. She had a brand new car. 
I had what I called hoopties. I'd have a yeah a car for the winter, and then you know I'd have my my S10. It stayed covered up, had a California car cover on it, and everything. Everybody flicked out of his car. I go to work, okay, and I worked at Burlington Motor Carriers at, at a diesel shop. Right. I go to work, and I'm talking to one of the new kids that's there, and I'm telling him that um, I found a deuce. I found me a deuce. I said I got to come up with eleven grand, and he's like, "Well." Um, no, I, I, I messed up the story. I had traded my S10 off for a 94 S10, the purple. Remember the bluish purple ones? Yeah. The newer, that was a brand new body style, 94. I think, it, I think the 93 was the first body style, and I got the 94 purple, and I traded that S10 off. So I had this purple S10. This kid, I had it five and a half months. I bought it on the A buyer program from through my dad through Chevrolet. Yeah, yeah, through option one. Okay, so you had to keep it six months before you could sell it. That's funny. Yeah, that you remember that. So this kid, mother worked at the bank. <laughs> she got him the loan, and right. on the exactly sick the day, the six month day, he came to my house. He bought my S ten. I paid the loan off, borrowed. The eleven grand for this for this Chevy two. You can't do that nowadays. They won't loan you that money. On no, that hell no. You have to have like a, like a, a signature line of credit, or they try to put it into your house or some other weird I shit. Could, I could go to the Federal Credit Union, Avondale Federal Credit Union, which was Chevrolet's Federal Credit Union. This is this is what you talk, this is what I talk about being hard work and and being respectful and people knowing you and knowing that you're good with your money and right. that you'll pay your bills. I could go to the bank president. John and say, John, I need twelve grand. He'd say, Okay, signature loan. I signed my name and I got twelve thousand dollars. My buddy Jay, you met Jay. Yeah, Wright. yeah, I know Jay. Jay Wright was the same way. Still is the same way to this day. He don't. I don't think he goes to the bank though. He just goes to the bank and draws it out because he makes good money. But yeah, but there's something to that 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 other people don't understand. And I just, you know, we're in the process right now here at Cycle Stop switching the bankers because. I'm with this bank that's like this giant conglomerate, and I just feel like there's no fucking reason for me to be with them. Not for them or me. I don't keep up. I'm not rich. I don't keep a bunch of money in there, right? What always what always killed me about John was is John John told me he said I can't. I there's no way he was the bank president. He said there's no way I can get this get you a loan for eleven thousand dollars. I can't do it. Not on a car. I said how about if I bring him, I br I let him bring the car. He lives three blocks from the shop from your from your bank. Let me have him bring the car up, and you look at it, and you tell me if you wouldn't give me eleven grand back. So I call up Jerry. Jerry drives the car up there. He calls me. This guy, elderly, older guy, you know, I'm just a young punk. He's like, uh, 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 and I can hear the car going, pulling up the right. Jackson Gear. He goes, is this car black and and got these like pink looking reddish pink stripes down the side? I said, yeah. And I heard, <laughs> you know, and I'm like, yep, that's it. I can hear it. That's the car. He goes. Come get the money tomorrow. And I bought that car. The deal with selling my S, trading my S10 in, my red S10, from the one I had that I went from Indiana to California and then back, did all this customization to it, traded it in on my 94, sold the 94. I ended up with $7,500 cash in my hand out of that deal. And I borrowed, I bought this car for eleven grand. I took that $7,500, went up to the bank and put it in the bank. Just put it in the savings account. Right. About, uh, you know, in Indiana, when you buy a car and you have a lien on it, they let you, they used to, 
They let you put the lien on it when you go get your license, when you go get your place. Right. So I go up there, and I tell them to put the lien on it. Well, they sent the title to me with no lien on it. So I had this clear title to this car, had a signature loan, and the bank, the bank's calling me saying, hey, we need your title. I said, well, I have it, and they didn't put a lien on it, but I'll bring it to you. And this lady, I, I worked second shift at the time, would call me up and just chew my ass out. And I told her, I said, look, I'll be off on Friday. I'll bring it up on Friday. No, you need to bring it up right now. I said, call, get John on the phone. Get John. I, t- I called John. I said, John, listen, I get off on Friday. I, I, I'm, I work second shift. I said, when I get off on Friday, I'll come up. I'll give you the title, da, 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 da. Well, I was having a problem with the insurance company because the insurance company what didn't want to t- didn't want to plate the car or didn't want to insure the car because they wanted to see the lien holder. It was really weird. I, w- I had that big issue and everything. Went through all that. Well, anyway, I ended up getting pissed off because of this lady, and I w- and I went to another GTE Federal Credit Union. My parents had switched over there, so I said, "Okay, screw it." I went over there and I told them, "Look, I got a car loan. I got this loan. I got this loan. I got this loan. I need you to buy all pay all that off." And I'll switch banks with you. And they said, okay. So I did that. I walked in there, and that lady said, you bring the title? I said, no. Here's a check. I said, here. <clears throat> and I just handed them everything. And John's like, what are you doing? I said, I'm going GTE. I can't stand her. And she just, bah, 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 and I left. <laughs> I used to be able, back when I was, a, and when I say this, a kid, I'm talking before I was 30 years old, Money was not a problem to get a hold of. Right. You had to work to pay it off. You had to work to pay that money back, and you had to go. To, you, you couldn't be taking sick days, and you couldn't be sloughing, and you couldn't do, you know. And when I worked at Burlington Motor Cares, I worked eight hours a day, and then after that eight hours was up, I did what they called scab work. I'd go in the back and work for another guy that worked there, and he what he would do is he would hire us young guys to help us out. He'd pay us cash, he'd and he'd collect all the... He'd pay all the taxes, and he'd turn it in on him, and he'd pay us cash. And we never we never caught on to what was going on. We were feeding his 401K. Because if he was making six, seven, eight thousand dollars $8,000 back there in the back, they're taking a percentage of that and putting it in his, in his 401K. So one day he comes up to me and goes, hey, Brett, you need to start a 401K. I said, why? No, he's probably an IRA, not a 401K. No, it's a 401K. It was a 401K. He said, you need to start a 401K. I said, why? He goes, because every time you get a raise, they give you a 3% raise, you take a 1.5% of that. And you let oh, them, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and you let them do that because they're going to match it. So you get 3%, you take 1.5%, put it in your 401k, they match the other 1.5%, you technically got a 6% raise. He had it all figured out. And, and it reduces also reduces your taxable income too. Right. So we're sitting there talking one day, and he goes, you don't believe me? He reaches in his pocket, and he pulls out his pet check stub, and he hands it to me. And he shows me his 401k, and it's like $600,000. $600,000? Oh, my God. And he's like, I put almost $3,000 a week in my 401k because of you boys. You boys come out and do this work for me and everything. And then when I turn it in, yeah, I have to pay the taxes on it. (laughs) But I get that. Three, six, seven, eight, ten. I think he was putting like fifteen percent in or twenty percent. Yeah, you can put fifteen percent in, and then they they max out though. Yeah, it was like they, they maxed out at like at that time they maxed out like seven. But anyway, I worked for Burlington Motor Carriers for seven years. I started my four hundred one k when he told me to. 
when I left Burlington Motor Cares, I had $40,000, seven years. I was like, wow. I transferred it over, and then, of course, divorce, got divorced. Oof. And my credit went to shit. Everything went to shit. <laughs> Everything, you know. And you can, and you remember, and now I'm talking nowadays, you know, where. Dude, so, so for the first 10 years, well, we've been friends for 11 years now. I can remember when I first, because when I first, when you came to the shop, one of the first times you came in, you brought your son. DJ. He was down visiting. And then you were like, you were paying child support on two kids, right? And then you were like, fucking, you knew the day, you knew how many, like some people know how many days, months, weeks, hours they got till they retire. You knew (laughs) how many fucking years, months, weeks, and days so you didn't have to pay child support no more. And then I've watched you for the last couple of years kind of cycle out of that. And now you're, you don't have to pay that shit no more. Right. Right. Fucking a. Right. And, but I can honestly say, dude, I'm even I, though, even though I switched jobs, I, I got, you always paid. I paid my child support. I got behind. I paid it. I paid it. My daughter, she went to college. You are, you are the poster child for what a Midwesterner is. You I always, you always do. You're, you're like, you're, you will fucking work as many hours as there's work to be done. Cause you come, you work probably 45, 50 hours a week, pretty steadily at your job, your regular job. Average about 55. And then you're here every day, just about, I mean, it's very, at least four days a week. You're here for five or six hours mm-hmm. doing stuff. And you're not always, you're not always working, but you're always, you're not always making money here, but you're always working. You know what I mean? Because you and I have a, a have an arrangement, but dude, you're just that, and then the child thing, the child support deal, and how you just how you govern yourself is so like I think that's why we can have an argument and get pissed at each other, and then it's it's done. It's done. We've been pretty. We've been. We've, we've been pretty some, mad at each other. We've for, had some yeah, pretty. We've had some pretty yeah, good ones. Yeah, we've had Fuck some, that motherfucker, man. Fuck you! I'm out of here. I'm not coming back. <laughs> yeah. I'll fuck you! I'm out. I'd be gone for six months and then walk back in. A couple months later, you come in and you walk in, and it's really weird. It's like it's like a brother. It's like your brother. Yeah. You get in a fight with your brother, you know, and then finally, okay, well, you know, it's time to make up. So then you go in. Hey, what's going? On? Hey, what's going on? And it, you don't and talk about. We that. don't talk about what happened. It's done. It's done. It's over. It's done. But you've always had a key. You've always had an alarm code. You've always come. You know. At that, I appreciate that. And, you know, like I, I always tell people, I don't know how to be just like I'm not a good employee, right? I'm actually a pretty good employee. If I work for you, you get 110%. Like fucking blinders on, I'll drink the Kool-Aid, everything. You fuck me, we're done. Right. And I'm like that with people too. You fuck me, we're done. That's cool, man. Just let's move on down the road. But I don't have casual friends. I've only got a couple of like really, really good friends. I've got some really good acquaintances, you know, and there's some people that, you know, that I, uh, that I, you know, I learned something from Jeff Holt when he was here, uh, the V2 and visionary. So we were having, he and I were having a conversation and I've always appreciated the fact that he's treated me with respect. Mm-hmm. And he said to me, he goes, dude, he goes, everybody starts at 10 with me and I deduct from there where necessary. You know, and I was like, wow, that's a really good way to articulate that to a point to where it makes sense, right? Everybody should start at 10. 
if that's the scale that you judge on, and then you take away points from that, you know? But I don't have friends that I can't trust with my shit. Like, you know where my money's at, you know where my fucking bikes are at, you know you know what I mean? Like, that's just, you use my tools, you use my shop, whatever, but you come in and help us do shit too, and it, that's, that's, that's more important to me. That's, that's, that's trust. It will, yeah, and it's the only way I can operate. So, like, you know, I've, I've, I've talked about it a million times on the podcast, and I'm real proud, and, and it's because I'm proud of it. I pay my guys that work here, and you know this, I pay them more than any, no one in the industry, no one in the motorcycle industry, end of, pays their guys as much as I pay my guys. Yeah, they make good money. And they make way more than I make because before I, before I take anything, I pay for this place. And this place cost me about 35 grand a month. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so you do the math on that. There's not a lot left over, but I'm happy, right? right? I'm real happy. We've scaled up, I mean, so much. I mean, you've seen us, in the amount of time we've been friends, I started out in a little tiny shop by myself. Mm -hmm. Then we went to a little bit bigger shop. And then we had two stores, and that didn't work for lots of different reasons. And we went back to a decent sized shop. And then I just said, fuck it, I'm gonna do it by myself. You know? And uh I had that that smaller shop off of the airport road, right? Mm-hmm. And I had helpers there, mm-hmm. you know, and I this is a it's good a place to any to stop and you know, pay respects to to Jesse. Yeah. Twenty five years old, died from brain cancer three days ago. In fact, Something I haven't done on here before, but I'm going to go ahead and do it. Um, you know, he was he was a part of this organization for a lot of years, and he left to go try a couple different things, and he was real successful at that. But he came back, and he was here last year, and uh, we didn't know he was sick. He didn't know he was sick. So, I know it's corny, but I'm going to do I'm I'm going to do a full moment of silence just for Jesse Foose. I mean, it's a long time to be silent, right? Yeah. But For this, us. this kid's this kid's 25 years old. Tell the story about the time that you went to Daytona and left him in the shop by himself. That was Sturgis. Or Sturgis. Yeah, yeah, so Sturgis, we go. So I have a rule. Like, my rule is, is when I'm not here, I don't want anybody working on their own shit. It's for a lot of reasons. You know what I mean? And this is back when I had the smaller shop. Things were a lot different now. But... I get a call from from Jesse, or no, no I didn't no, get a call from Jesse. I was looking at the, I was looking at the goddamn security cameras while I was in Sturgis in sixteen, and 
I'm looking at the security cameras and I see your big wheel bagger in there in the shot. And I was like, oh, so I called, I called Jesse and I was like, Hey, what's going on? He's telling me what's going on with the day. And I was like, what's Brett's bike doing there? He's like, Oh, we're, we're putting a tire on there. Da, da, da. And I'm like, where'd you get a tire from? Cause you had a 26 on it. Right. He's like, well, he brought it with him. I was like that motherfucker, man. Like this bitch works here and he's buying shit on Amazon. I didn't, <laughs> so work, I didn't work that No, much no, but then. not back then you weren't working that much, but right. you were always, you still had a key. Didn't you have a key to that store? Mm-hmm. You didn't have a key to that shop? Not to that building. You had a key to the one on Redmond, right? Yep. Did you have a key to 60? You had a key in 60, right? Yep. And then, so I was like, that, I was so pissed at you, dude. I was like, this motherfucker, dude, the cat's away, the monster going to play. But, but Jesse, Jesse poor, poor Jesse was poor in the Jesse middle. Poor Jesse was in the middle. Of, he goes, he goes, listen, I'm not getting in the middle of y'all's bullshit. He goes, you need to talk to Brett. And I, and I said, you know what? Lock that fucking shop up and go home. I'll be back on Monday. <laughs> I was so angry. And he and comes you, out, he comes out, and Jesse was so laid back and he so was. quiet. And he goes, you need to call Jason. I said, why? What's the matter? He said, he is pissed. I said, why? He said, because you're in here changing a tire. And I go, yeah, he's mad because I'll take care of it. Oh, right. Uh, he said, I don't want it in the middle. I don't want nothing to do with it. No, he didn't. He's mad. I go, I'll take care of it. So he helped me change the tire. Well, what the deal was is what you didn't know was is I came in and helped him finish a bike. Yeah. And you didn't know that. So we got this bike finished that he needed to get done. And then he helped me work on this. And then we were going I just home. felt like the whole thing was, I was like, look, dude. And this is what I told you, too. I'm like, I just would have appreciated a phone call. Like, I, I really, at the end of the day, it wasn't, it was the optics of it. It was the fact that I thought, man, these, you know, I didn't even, it was just a respect. And you know what? It wasn't a respect thing. It was, I thought it was. And I just, you know, and you called me right right away. And you're like, what's going on? And you're like, no, this is what I'm doing. This is what I was like. All right, fine. That's cool. But you were I pissed. Over, I overreacted. Yeah, were, I was. No, you were pissed but, because I didn't buy the tire from you. Well, because I thought, and, why the fuck the wouldn't deal, you? you? And get what the deal d- was is my you, wife had bought wife the tire. Your wife bought the tire. I get it. And and she had, well, I found this tire and she bought the damn thing. Yeah, I and dude, what do you do? Again, what do you do when your wife buys no, the tire? No, you've got a fucking tire, you put it on. I get it. But you, you, you. I think in that whole thing, I didn't consider what I didn't, I didn't get any information about it. I think that my point still to this day would have been like, and now I don't give a shit about that stuff. We're, we've moved on to to much bigger and better, but we've, we've all moved on to bigger and better things here. But at the time things were so delicate. And so I was micromanaging everything because of some of the things that had happened. I had had some bad employees and I had gotten rid of a bunch of people that I just thought like the correct thing would have been like, Hey, listen, I'm going to put this tire on. I'm going to take care of this. Da, 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 you know what I mean? And, and that's not, that's, it didn't happen. I didn't get the courtesy call on the front end. So I went into it emotionally and you know, you can be pro proactive or reactive. The, and I was reactive. I'm not even, I, that's not what I was talking about. What I was talking about was as poor Jesse was in the middle Yeah, he's like, Brett and Jason Getting Be, down on it, and Jason had just unloaded on Jesse. After we had been friends for six years at this point. And, and Jesse, and not Jason, Jesse. And Jesse didn't know shit. He didn't no. know nothing. He, he didn't, didn't know where shit to go he, straight. Because I had asked him a week in advance, hey, man, if I come in on Friday. Because I was gone for two weeks. That was the year that Cody built the FXR, so I was gone right. for two weeks. And I said, do you think I could come in on Friday and change this tire? You help me change this tire. He said, well, I've got this. I got to change the battery. I got to do tires. Yeah, I we gotta, were busy. He was doing bars or something, and he was by himself. Yep. And you really didn't want him doing that, but he wanted to do it to impress you. So I said, I'll tell you what. I'll come in on Friday. I'll help you get this bike done, and we'll do this tire. He 
like, it's cool, man. Let's do yeah. it. Yeah. I mean, the whole thing was, it's silly now in the grand scheme of things. Uh, hey, Aaron Coit, I see you're texting on there. It's out on the engine or out on the uh, build stand. I don't build motors in my, or I don't build bikes in my office. Fucker. <laughs> Wants to know where his FXRT is. His FXRT is looking mint. <laughs> it's going to be the baddest FXRT built this year. Um, no, I know. And, and you know what, dude? Uh, I'm gutted. I have been, I have lost in the last, uh, it'll be three years this September. My dad died in September of 18. Shane died no, November of 19. Hannah died November of 19. Jesse now, February 2021. I just feel like, fuck, man. I can't catch a break. And it's not me catching a break, but I mean, it's like, well, here's the thing. I told my mom today, I'm like, I think God gives you what you have the ability to handle. And somebody's got to handle that stuff. And so. Here's the one thing that Brett and Jason do not take into consideration. And I have been here lately a lot more than normal. We're getting older. Mm -hmm. Whether we like it or not. I know. And this stuff happens. And you don't think you're older. I don't think I'm older. The world doesn't look older to me because we're looking out of the same eyes, and you know. I I work and work and work and work and work. That is my deal. That's not. That's my problem too. It's not. It ain't got nothing to do with money. It ain't. It ain't got nothing to do with my family. It ain't got. It's just the way I am. I work. I do things. When I leave here, not tonight, but when I leave here, sometimes most nights I go home and. I usually eat supper because I get up at four o'clock in the morning, and go to work. So I usually eat supper, sit around with the wife, and then I go to bed eight thirty, nine o'clock. Right. And on the weekends, I'm always do 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 do. And it ain't everybody says, "Oh yeah, you got the honeydew list." No, no, I don't have a honeydew list. I have my weekend stuff to do. Right. And if my wife wants lights hanging up, and I, you know, like two two or three it was two or three weekends ago, I didn't come over here. I redone two bathrooms. Lights, toilet, sinks, right, everything, and 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 people go, why don't you just pay somebody to do that? Why do I need to pay somebody to do something I know? How and to do? there in lies the midwesterner in you. Yeah, because we will now, not pay somebody to do something that we have that we. we now there's can a do. difference between me and you, though. You will on yeah, some well, things. There are some things that I will. Um, <sighs> you have lawn care, right? I have somebody cut my grass. See, yeah. I cut my own grass. Not me. You I have, have somebody have, take care you of have my, somebody to take care of your pool. I, I right now I'm taking care of my pool, but right. I will have somebody taking care of my pool. I listen. Here's my thought on that. Um, I think that the way economics works is if you need a plumber, you hire a plumber. If you need an electrician, you hire an electrician. If you need a roofer, you hire a roofer. Um, uh, when I was younger, I you know I learned how to sweat copper pipe by installing my own shit. So when there's something new to be done, when, when our, this, this little repair that we had to do at our house, I did all of it, but I wanted to do it because I wanted it a certain fucking way. Right. right. Um, but there's other things I will not do roofing cause I've done it and I want to do it. I will not do fencing. I've done it. I don't want to fucking do it. I will pay somebody to do that. Cutting the grass. <sighs> Dude, I don't have the time. You don't have the time. So you and I don't want to have the time. I have the time. I don't want to have the time. I want to get up. I have one day off a week. I want to get up Sunday morning whenever I wake up. No alarm clock, right? I get up. 
have coffee with my wife at that point in time, if it's in the summertime, we're generally hanging around the house, listening to the fucking Eagles, drinking fucking beer, cooking out. Hopefully the kids will come over. You know, Saturday, we work nine to one every Saturday. I like working Saturdays, especially when we get out at one because I get more in. I get four hours in before anybody's really fucking doing anything. So Saturday in the summertime, I'm over at Jose and Gail's and we're cooking out. We're having a good time and I live it up. We have a good time. And you know what? I don't make a lot of money, but I make enough, you know, and I, and I make sure that I make enough so that we can go out to, we were talking last night. I like going out to fucking dinner. Right. I like going out to dinner. I like someone else cooking for me. I like trying new shit. I don't want to clean up the dishes. You know, I do enough shit, you know, but yeah, I mopped the fucking floor in the showroom. That showroom's 2,000 square foot. I mopped the whole thing yesterday. I cleaned the bathroom. I take out the trash. I get, I, I do shit. You know what I mean? I'm not like, I'm not, you and I built the shelves in the back. Um, you know, we're not, uh, it's not that I don't do what it's not that I don't do anything. It's just that I pick and choose. I'm old enough now to pick and choose what the fuck I want to do. And I have enough money now to pick and choose what the fuck I want to do. And you know what? In the Midwesterner in me is I'm inherently cheap to some degree, but there's other things I don't give a fuck about. I just do it. So Man, dude, I really appreciate you doing this. I we I've been talking about doing this for such a fucking long time. I love you to death, dude. I really do. You make this place. You when you come in in the end at the end of the day, for the last three hours that we're here, you make this place fucking hum. And uh, I and boy, I appreciate the boys, it. The boys crack me up because the boys will be like, "Hey, you didn't come in and say, hey, motherfucker, this what's going on?'" You know, and I'm like, "I thought I'd try something different." Oh no, we want that. You know, yeah. they, they want that. They want that harassment. They want that. You know, and I like having the knowledge that I have that I learned and I earned on my own yep. when it has to come with motorcycles. Yeah. And I have learned a lot here. I'm not going to lie. I learned a lot here, too. I always have. And you and you learn something every day. And right. I've taught you guys stuff in the last weeks here. Yeah. That we've had issues, and I'd say, hey, why don't you look at this? And, ah, oh, it ain't that, that. No, that. yeah. You know. We had, we had some issues. We won't talk about them. You know, <laughs> I don't want to hurt your feelings. But, <laughs> but uh, no, and the thing is, it's like, and I try to be, a, I'm trying to be a mentor to the younger guys. And sometimes this is, this is what it comes from the Midwest. You can lead a horse to water, but you can't, can't make, make him drink. drink. Okay. And sometimes there's just, a person can only do so much. Yeah. And like we got now, we got I, I got a project here that I'm working on that I'm very, 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 um, how do you say it? Uh, Emotionally attached to. Yes, yes. I, I've been given a motorcycle from one of my friends that I met down here and became a friend of this guy, took care of his motorcycle, detailed it, cleaned it, changed oil on it when he wanted to, took yeah. it to my house, kept it when he had his grandkids over. The, the man passed away cancer god love him rocky and his wife give me his motorcycle and that is like that's a big deal that is you know I, my oh man yeah it's just and it was wrecked and we here we got to figure it out <laughs> we fixed it yeah and i just put handlebars on tonight and got to finish it up but Put handlebars on tonight. Get it. Get the pay, get the tank fixed because the tank's got a dent in it. Put some tires on it, which is here, which are here. The back tire's supposed to be here, like the 14th or something like that. Right. And this thing will be on the road 
in the next week, week and a half. It'll be on the road as soon as I get the tires put on it because right. the handlebars are on it now. But this is a bike that's uh, near and dear to my heart. And also, a funny story was is when you was over on uh, 39 downtown behind the Dream Twisty Treat. Twisty Treat. Jason was still working. I just quit working for the school. Yep. And I, we were doing my big wheel. And we worked on my big wheel. We had a goal for 30 days this big wheel would be rolling. I think you did that so I wouldn't slow walk you. And no, no, no. <laughs> no we, we, and Buddy. Buddy Don. Buddy Don. Buddy Don Wyland. Was like, ain't no way. No fucking way. Ain't no way. We cut the neck off this thing. We welded it. Me and Don, you got pictures. Me and Don putting it back together and everything. You went out and test rode it. On the 30th day, you test rode it, and we forgot to put stops. We didn't. And we dinged that goddamn fender. Dinged the fender Ugh, and had to take the so fender pissed. off and repaint it, and it was two days late. Yep. But we did it. We did it. But the thing was, is Jason comes in one day. Old cocky Jason says, Hey, Rector. You know old cocky Jason. You know, all these, you know all these guys. You got friends and stuff. We need to make some money this week. Call some people and get some money in here. Remember that? Yeah, I do remember that now. I picked up the phone, and I called, called Rocky. Rocky, and Rocky said, I need a front tire, a back tire, an oil change, da-da-da-da-da. I said, and he said, I need a detail. I said, all right. He said, you come and get the bike and bring it up here. Remember yep, that? I do remember that and now. And then I called Avery. I did that because I've been trying to hire you since I met you. And I called Avery. <laughs> and Avery, remember, he yep. had a custom paint job. We did. We powder coated his wheels. wheels. We put tires on it. Detailed did, it. Detailed it. Did an oil change. Took his back fender off. Had his back fender repaired. Put it back on. And it was like, I don't even remember how much money it was, but it was quite. It was sweet. good. We did good. Two two bikes. Back then, two bikes made a big difference was, in our in our. And Don intake. was Don was like, yeah, okay, okay, because Don had this thing when he was in the back room, when he was in the <laughs> in the service department. The he didn't want anybody back there. He didn't want nobody back there. And I'd go back there and stand about six, seven, eight feet away from me. You need, He'd yell. You need you need some help? Yeah, get the fuck out, out of here. here. <laughs> I'm like, okay. And I'd go back upstairs, up front, and Jason would be like, what's going on? I said, uh, he, he don't want me back here. So then Don went to Sturgis. Yep. And while Don was in Sturgis. You filled in for I him. I filled in for him. And then Don come back, and he's like, wow. He yeah. thought he was going to have all these motorcycles to work on and all this shit, and he was going to be covered up, and he wasn't. And he was freaking out. Yep. And anyway, well, back then he didn't get paid flat rate. I didn't do things like that then. So. Yeah, but he was like, "Oh, maybe, maybe you'd be okay, you know." Maybe. <laughs> and Don, God love him. I love Don to death. He, he's great. He's good people. Well, cool man. Thank you so much. Sure. I we appreciate can, we can this. Do it again. I love you, buddy. We can do it again. <laughs> Later. Later. Listening to the Hour Mills Podcast with your host, Jason Holman. Thank you for listening.